this morning, I want to talk about what it means to leave a legacy. What it means to leave a legacy. Um, we're, we're wrapping up our message series on the Shepherd King. Uh, we've been talking about the life of David, kind of just going, you know, a little bit of his life at a time um, for the last nine weeks. And um, we have seen the highs and we have seen the lows of David's life. And, um, and, and yet at the end of the day, he was known as a man after God's own heart. And uh, despite his failures, God still never gave up on him. And, and so here we are at the end of his life, and we're going to be looking at how he addressed this issue of a legacy, of a legacy. And uh, when we pass from this life to eternity, oftentimes the question that we're wondering about is, what am I leaving behind? What am I leaving behind? And for some of us, we might be thinking of possessions, you know, what, you know our, our inheritance, you know, things that we leave out. You know, I've, I've seen a picture one time of a, a, you know, of a hearse carrying a U-Haul. You know, and the reality is we can't take it with us. You know, we can't take it with us. We leave it behind. And, and, and so we, we, a lot of us, we may have a will to kind of sort out who gets what and, and who gets what things that's left after you pass. But at the end of the day, your possessions are not the most important thing that you leave behind. I mean, the reality is this, that your possessions, even after you're gone, doesn't last. I, I was shocked to read that 70% um, of wealthy families, most of their wealth is gone, 70% of their wealth is gone by the second generation, 90% by the third generation. Our possessions, our inheritance that we leave behind won't last forever. But the thing that will last long after we're gone are the people and the influence that you leave behind. That's what we call your legacy. It's about people, not possessions. It's about influence and not inheritance. And so as we talk about legacy and we're looking at the life of David, I want us to look at First Chronicles chapter 28 and chapter 29. We're going to look at both chapters this morning. And, and, and we can find the recorded words of God detailing David's life journey coming to an end. This young shepherd boy that killed that giant Goliath is now an old man about to prepare for his last journey into eternity. By the way, one of the last things that he wanted to do before he died is that he wanted to build this massive temple in Jerusalem. He wanted to build this massive thing. He wanted to do it for God. He longed to do this. And one of the hardest pills for David to swallow but that God wasn't going to allow him to build that temple. And the reason is because he was a man of war. He had shed so much blood that he wanted a man of peace, which would be Solomon, his son. He wanted his, God wanted his, you know, David's son Solomon to take care of the temple. And so David said, okay, I understand. You know, but then David said, you know what? Although I can't build a temple with my hands, there's something I can do. 
That is, I'm going to set up my son for success and for the people of Israel, I'm going to set them up. In fact, I'm going to establish the blueprint before I die. I'm going to do all the legwork. And not only am I going to create the blueprint, I'm going to pay for this building. I'm going to pay for this so that when Solomon jumps in, he just have to build it. He doesn't have to bring in the building committee and the financial committee. It's done. It's taken care of. And that's what David wanted to leave behind for his son, Solomon, and for his people. And so what can we learn from David this morning on how to leave a legacy that will outlast us and outlive us long after we're gone. If you're taking notes, I'm going to give us two thoughts here this morning. Number one, our legacy is determined by where we lead others. Our legacy is determined by where we lead others. As David is building his legacy, he begins with the building block of society, the basic foundational building block of society is your family. That's where he starts, his kids. And David's son Solomon is going to become this next king, and he wants to lead Solomon to be the leader that he needs to be. And so what he's about to say will be his final words during his last days on earth. He has thoughtfully, carefully, prayerfully prepared his advice and he sums it up in one paragraph in First Chronicles chapter 28, verse number 9. David said, You, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. If you forsake him, he will reject you forever. You see, David's advice to Solomon is so simple. He said, Solomon, you are to seek God and to serve him. You are to seek him with your heart and to serve him with your heart. David challenges Solomon to follow God and not to follow himself, to, to, not, to, to live for God and not to live for himself. And if you're a parent, you're a boss, you're a manager, uh, a coach, perhaps you're a teacher, a leader. Now, if you could pull aside your children, your players, your employees, your students, if you could pull them aside and you could give them one piece of advice on how to live this life, I can't think of a better advice that you could give, and that is this, to seek God and to serve him with all your heart, soul, and mind. And David, listen, David had done everything for Solomon. He's setting up Solomon for success. I mean, Jerusalem is the premier city of the world. You know, to the Israelites, uh, the economy is at its best. Uh, the, the, the kingdom, the, the military might, it's one of the strongest, if not the strongest in the world. The, David had expanded the, 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 the nation of Israel from 6,000 
square miles to 60,000 square miles. He had left behind a people that would kind of respect him and his family, but David knew, listen, David knew that none of that matters because he knew that none of that gonna last forever, which, hey, that's true. That's true, by the third generation, it was all gone. The nation was split. All the things that David had set up had, had, had disappeared. Why? Because possession don't, don't last forever. But David knew at the end of the day that the one thing that matters is a kingdom that sold out on fire, that loves God, that wants to seek God and make him number one. You see, David's desire is to lead Solomon, not to be powerful, but to be pure. Not, not to be great, but to be godly. Not to be rich, but to be righteous. Not to be famous, but to be faithful. Not to see how high he could be above people, but how low he could be below God. That, that's where David is driving. That's where he wants to lead his son Solomon. That's where he wants to lead his country. Into a place where they love God and to seek him and to serve him. Listen, you can live, you can live your entire life living for yourself, trying to impress people that you barely like. But we work hard at it. We work hard. And at the end of the day, people don't care about you for, for what you impress them with. They're not so impressed with your talent. They're not so impressed with your stuff and abilities. You'll live a shallow life if that's the way you're going to do it. If you're always trying to impress people. I have this on your note. You can impress people or you can make an impact on people. You can't have both. You have a choice. You can, hey, you can try to impress. Try to be liked by everybody. Try to get as many shares you can on, your, on social media, how many hearts you can get to like your post, you know, and try to outdo it with everybody else. And say, hey, you can live that life. If that's, all you, if that's what you're all about, go for it. But you will not make the impact on people's lives if you live to try to impress people. You can't have both. Now, can you think of a greater legacy that you could leave? Well, think about that one person that you can lead to know God. Think about the one person that you can lead to trust Christ, to have a relationship with Christ, to disciple someone for Jesus. If you want to live a life that matters, it's all about influence, about making an impact. And you can make an impact in people's lives by the way that you love God. When you make him number one, and you seek him with all of your hearts. Our legacy is determined by where we lead others. But here's number two, our legacy is determined by what we leave in others. Notice I didn't say what we leave for others. I'm not talking about inheritance here. I'm talking about what you are instilling in other people's lives. 
David shows us this. His attention to his son, to be the next king, he, he tried, to, tried to lead him into the kind of person that he ought to be. Then he turns his attention to the people that Solomon's going to lead. He wants Solomon to step up to be the godly leader that he needs to be. But he also wants the people of Israelite to step up and be the great godly followers that they ought to be. Now remember, David had a dream to build the temple. He wanted to build a temple for God, but God wasn't going to allow him. So David had just a heart for God. He had just a heart for people that he thought, you know what? I am going to build a temple. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to over, I won't be able to oversee the construction of it, but I make sure it's paid off before it's, be, before it's built. Look in chapter 29, First Chronicles chapter 29. Uh, look at verse number one. David brings the whole assembly together. He brings everybody involved. He said, my son Solomon, the one whom God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. The task is great because the palatial structure is not for man, but for the Lord God. With all my resources, I have provided for the temple of my God. In other words, David said, I am going to give of my resources. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give. I'm going to do everything I can to pay for it. Look, look down at verse number three. He said, in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal treasures of gold and silver for the temple of my God. Over and above everything I have provided for this holy temple. 3,000 talents of gold, 7,000 talents of refined silver. And so David, he developed the blueprint. He paid for it. Then he set one of the greatest examples for others to follow. You see, David isn't primarily interested in leaving God's temple for his people. He's more interested in leaving a love for God and his temple and his people. And look what he said at the end of verse 5. Now, who is willing to consecrate themselves to the Lord today? David said, I'm setting an example. I'm going to put it all on the line. I'm going all in. I'm not just talking with my mouth. I'm putting with my money. I'm putting my mouth where my money is. I, I'm, going to, I'm going all in for Jesus. Some estimated that the amount, if it, in today's currency, the amount of money that David gave for the temple was $450 million in silver and $17 billion in gold. And he gave it. And when he gave it, he set an example. And it's interesting because all these people all these people responded in such a powerful way. In fact, when David gave, he said, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm leading the way. And he gave this probably the largest offering ever. And everybody else was like, you know what? We're going to do it too. And they had the largest one-day offering, and they paid off this temple. The temple that's known as Solomon Temple was paid off in one day. Notice the people's response in verse number nine. The people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders. For they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. Because by the way, this is so countercultural. See, leaders gotta lead the way. And most empires, leaders did not lead the way. You know, they were corrupt. They kept the money. 
They, they always demand people of their money. But David's like, hey, I'm leading the way. I'm your leader. This is how much I love God. And they, they responded in such a powerful way that they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. They gave wholeheartedly. They literally gave with their whole heart. You see, it always comes back to the heart, doesn't it? Where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. It comes back to the heart. And when you have a heart for others, when you have a heart for others, you are a person after God's own heart. But understand, it all begins with a heart that loves God, a heart that's devoted to God, a heart that, that is sold out for God. And that's what David is trying to get Solomon. That's what David wants these people to get to. He said, hey, listen, here's what I want you to have. When I leave, this is what I want in your life. I want you to have inside of your heart for God. And then David prayed this amazing prayer. In fact, it's probably one of the best prayers you can find in all scriptures. Praying for his people, praying for his son Solomon. Chapter 29, verse number 10. He said, praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth belong to you. It's yours, God. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as had over all. He, he recognizes that God, the God of the universe, sits on a throne that's much bigger than his throne. That God was in charge. That God is sitting on the throne of our lives. He continues in verse number 12. He said, wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. God, you, you, you own everything. Everything belongs to you. Look down at verse number 17. He said, I know, my God, that you touch the heart and are pleased with integrity. He said, God, all these things I have given willingly and without intent. He said, God, I, I've done this without obligation. I'm doing it because I love you. Now, I'm not doing this with intent. I'm not building a temple so I can have my name build a name after it, to build a name after me. And I'm not doing it for a plaque. I'm not doing it for recognition. I'm only doing it for you. And he said, all these things I've given willingly and with honest intent, and now I've seen with joy how willingly your people who are here have given to you. It's moved by this. It's the emotion. And then he said, verse 18, Lord, the God of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, keep these desires and thoughts in the heart of your people forever. And keep their heart loyal to you. Give my son Solomon the wholehearted devotion to keep your commands, your statutes, and decrees. And do everything to build a palatial structure for which I have provided. You see, this great king, I want you to understand this, it's so important. If you think that this whole story is about David showing off his ability, ability to be a fundraiser, then you totally missed it. If you think this is all about him building a building, you missed it. If you think this is all about David just trying to make things easy, for his son Solomon, you missed it. Listen, listen. David desires 
to leave in his people a love for God that is so strong, so powerful, that will always, 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 even after he's gone, will always do these two things. If you're taking notes, here they are. To live for God. To live for God's glory. To live for God's glory. And the second thought is to give to God's work. If you love God, you live for him. And to be generous. And at the end of the day, your legacy will be determined by where you lead others. And by what you leave and others. So here's the takeaway. The takeaway is simple this morning. What legacy would you leave behind? What, what legacy would you leave behind? You know, the time has come for this magnificent king to, to take off the crown and to leave the scene. He's ready to go. He's done everything that he needs to do. And knows that he's about to, about to pass. In fact, in Acts chapter 13, verse number 36, it's not on the screen, but the Bible says that when David had served God's purpose, when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep and he was buried. And I love that. David lived his life for the glory of God. He had a purpose. Just like you have a purpose. You have a purpose that God had created you for. David lived it out to the best of his ability. Was he perfect? Oh no. He was far from perfect. But he got back up. He got back up. He kept moving forward. He kept pursuing the purpose of God in his life. And God honored him for what he lived and how he lived. He left a legacy. This morning, maybe you're here today as you think about what does that mean? How do I leave a legacy? My question is, what are you, how are you leading people? And what are you doing in their lives? How are you influencing them for Jesus? You see, it, it first starts with you. You want to make an impact in people's life? Then let them see that you love God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. Let them see. Let your kids, let your kids see that you love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And, and don't just say it. Do it. You know, fathers, open your Bibles. You know, read the Bible, but... Let, the, let your kids see that you read in your Bible. Mom, you know, let, let your kids be influenced by how much you love Jesus. You want to leave an impact? Hey, it starts touch with the people that you love. Stop worrying about trying to impress everybody because we're, we're not. We're going to drop the ball. But worry about how you can make an impact for the Lord Jesus. David lived his life and left a legacy. And it's funny, we just did a nine-week series 
because that's the kind of legacy that he left. We will be gone sooner than we think. May we lead others to have a heart for God and leave in others a heart for God because that's the only way to leave a legacy. God, we ask your help us today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the life of David that we've been studying for the past couple months. We thank you that we can learn so much valuable principles, but that we can be a man after God's own heart too. We can be a man after your heart, a woman after your heart. And so God, I pray that we will, you know, despite our flaws, despite our, in spite of our mess, help us to see that we can still influence people by our love for you. Help us to leave a legacy for the future to come. May people be remembered by not, by not what we have and the stuff that we own, but by the influence that we have in people's lives for you. In Jesus' name, amen.